In September 2022, Shane and Ronnie recorded a Glass Half Full episode on Ocean's Eleven. The project was shelved for better, more interesting podcasts. This is That Mediocre Podcast. Hey, Tuts, make sure that glass is half full now. Welcome to the Waste Potential Podcast. I am your host, your guide to your future movie experiences, and potential lover, should you play your cards right, <laughs> Shane. <laughs> and with me is a charity case we call Ronnie. Hello, Ronnie. <laughs> Hello, I thought you were going to say I am a god. <laughs> You're going to open it up with that. <laughs> And here with us is God. Introduce yourself, God. <laughs> Not me, yourself. Hello. I thought you were going to say, Hello. I'm a God of podcasting, and you're lucky to be hearing my sweet, sultry voice. Keep sending me 10%. <laughs> That's for uh, our next cast when I introduce myself as God. <laughs> Working my way up to God level. Yeah. All right. So, welcome, Ronnie. And Ronnie, can you tell the audience what the theme of today's podcast is hello um today our theme is half-ass watching movies and talking about them just to get to a point where shane buries himself in the nevada desert and no one to find him yeah um for this week on wasted potential podcast on npr we'll be reviewing racist men (laughs) the power of women when they unite and some other movie about some guys that i don't care about um, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as you could tell, we got some things to say about these movies. Some, yeah, I mean, it's not even a given. Like, someone's going to go, <gasps> but I think most people agree with our opinion. So, without further ado, did we even say the movies that we're reviewing? No, I was trying to see how long we could go without actually saying the movie. But if you clicked on the podcast, you know what movie. Wow. You're, you're trying to steal this podcast. Okay, um, we're we're <laughs> okay. So I guess let's go from the beginning. Shane wanted to watch the old Ocean's Eleven and compare it to the 2001 Steven Soderbergh remake. And I said, why? And I never got a reason why. Maybe Shane will give us a reason why. Maybe Shane just came back from Vegas or something. And then I said, okay, but if we're gonna do that, I'm gonna make you watch Ocean's Eleven because you're such a big fan of female. Centric films. Ocean's Eight. There you go. Ugh. <laughs> so that's why we're here. Shane, why the fuck are we here at way too early in the morning talking about these movies? Well, I don't know why I wanted to watch Ocean's Eleven. I like Ocean's Eleven a lot, so I wanted to just watch it. And then I was like, well, it might be fun to kind of like compare and contrast with the old one, because I actually hadn't seen the old one. I'd seen bits and pieces of it. Well, that was a really bad idea. So <laughs> naturally, you just say, well, Shane fucked me here, so I'm going to fuck him here. And uh, you said you have to also watch Ocean's 8. Yeah. Which I hadn't seen. So granted, I did go into Ocean's 8 with an open mind. Okay. Like, let's see. <laughs> no, I was like, let's let's see. I hadn't seen it. I like Sandy Bullock a lot, so. Let me, let me read my text messages from Shane Ray here. Oh, fuck these female women and this bullshit. <laughs> I don't want to watch it. I would have said something much more clever. You are framing me <laughs> have like to... Sandra Bullock. <laughs> I don't have to frame you, Jesse James. <laughs> oh, God. And then we watched it, 
and I proceeded to drink every time there was something stolen or a direct copy of Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> and um, I'm toasted. <laughs> well, going back to back to back of these three movies, there's a lot stolen from everywhere because, you know, they're based upon... An old, old movie that you have no business watching ever. It's <laughs> I would say less is stolen from the original Ocean's Eleven just because there's less jewels to steal. <laughs> like literally and figuratively. What's it like 1.5 million versus like 160 million versus 150 million? And Soderbergh basically threw away all the ideas from it. He was just like, oh, God. He's like, I just like the idea of, like, 11 cool guys coming together to do a heist with drum beats in the background. Yeah, and, well, excellent, you know, choreography, a likable cast, and, you know, less misogyny and racism, like, blatant misogyny and racism, I suppose. Oh, God. I Even I was like, oh! I guess con- I guess contextually, the first Ocean's Eleven was made in 1960 before the Civil Rights Act was passed. Yeah, and everyone wants to talk about how progressive Sinatra was for the time. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Let's get. I guess anything above zero is progressive. <laughs> he wasn't actively like, you know, hitting Sammy Davis Jr. I suppose, but um... he's like, listen, Sammy, I let you perform on stage. I ain't going to go to goddamn rallies. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's get into this. Um, 1960s. Let's start with the original Ocean's Eleven. So this is your... E-O-11. That's the only, that's the only part I like about <laughs> is Tim Davis Jr. singing like random <laughs> tunes. Dude, there's a few where they're like, hey, we got Frank Sinatra and D-Mon. We got to have them sing. Yeah, okay. But- Ain't that a kick <laughs> in the head? <laughs> Okay, let's just jump into this because I, I, I don't want to spend too much time on this first one more than I have to here. Mm-mm. Okay, Mm-mm. 1916. Um, it is starring the Rat Pack. If you don't know who that is, that's Sammy Davis Jr., Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Peter Lawford, some other guy that no one really talks about as much. And they were just famous, I'm guessing, Vegas crooners. You forgot about the Chinese butler. Oh, my God. <laughs> I forgot about <laughs> Yeah. The Chinese boy just sits there just smiles. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Dear Christ. God. Um, so basically, uh, Dean Martin's, not Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra's huge at the time. And then someone wrote a story and they tapped him and said, Hey, Dean, uh, hey, Frank, do you want to like make a movie where you're the coolest guys in the world and you're, and you're stolen valor people and you guys can you know go out there and steal some money from those evil, evil business and casinos and he's like sure can i drink the entire time and say sexist things of course you can no he he went wait wait, what was he (laughs) man talk (laughs) it's it's just called oceans man talk (laughs) that's the entire thing would have been perfect speaking of which i gotta get into this okay yeah get into this yeah so they decide they're gonna rob was it three casinos five so baller I thought they upped the ante in the new one. I thought they only planned on three. No, at uh, the original, the original one's five. The twenty one's ele- uh, eleven, three, and then three. Uh, Sandy's is just one, just a Met Gala. Uh, yes, their master plan is to hire a master. I'm putting quotations. Electrician, and switch the wiring so that when the 
power goes out and the generator kicks on, it opens the door. That is their super elaborate plan. And they go in there without guns and just say, hey, keep singing. Give me the money, you, <laughs> you dirty, dirty insert expletive here. <laughs> <laughs> then the other half of the movie is some criminal that's marrying an old lady and banging her out, uh, trying to get a piece of their money. And yeah. <laughs> okay, let's start from the beginning. So, All right, you explain this film. Okay. I have I am not equipped. I'll do 11. <laughs> Shane did not watch this. Okay, um I skimmed. So basically, the first hour is beyond boring and it's oh and it's a, and it's basically Frank Sinatra Danny Ocean slowly collecting the people for this job, and they're all these, and they're all old um, war buddies from the 82nd Airborne, I think they say. And and basically, they're they're mad that they don't have money. I, it's not really totally clear what they actually do. I think I know Sam Davis Jr. has a day job. I know Peter Lawford's like a, a spoiled brat. I think Dean Martin's playing himself. I don't know. He's singing at one point. <laughs> <laughs> he just walks around, being like, "Hey, toots, ain't that a kick?" <laughs> And then Frank Sinatra is just mad for some reason. Has Asperger's. Yeah, I don't know. He's just angry about that he doesn't have money. So then they they plan this heist. And the heist is to just you know knock out the power, go in, take the money, and walk out while it's dark. I guess there is no security at all in casinos. And then... Um, so it's literally the first part of it is... They don't really tell you what's going on. You have to just kind of know... And they, and they don't mm-hmm. show you. They just tell you slowly, slowly, slowly. They're all... <sighs> the first hour is collecting all the people. And they finally but say... But you don't... They just say names. They don't put any faces to names. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, you're talking about Johnny Two-Time. And then like, who the fuck is Johnny Two-Time? And then, like, just some... Randomly, the guy's there. And like, hey, Johnny Two-Time. Right? Like, wait, that's Johnny Two-Time? Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. It's It's kind of hard because when you're watching three oceans movies back to back to back and they're all entirely different movies you're being introduced to like 80 characters that don't really have a lot of character so with only one director that knows how to actually introduce characters yeah so in original oceans 11 i I know a lot of these actors are very famous for the time period but they have no character so it's kind of so like you have the main four and then you know, seven other guys who are also there that don't really have anything to do, and you could literally interchange out these white people, and I would not know. They're all just a bunch <sighs> of like dirty Italians and Irish guys. I just do not know like who is who, honestly. And and none of them can act. Oh my god! Like I know Sinatra's been in a few films and stuff, and Dean Martin, but like it is so. It's funny because like I uh, I look now at movies, and you know how like the big thing is like oh corporatism and Disney, ugh. Which, it's true. But that has always been there. Looking at this, like, yeah, we'll get Dean and, and uh, Frank, and they'll, they'll sing a couple jingles, and audiences will flock to this film. Like, they thought about the film second and put these guys in there. And it's, it's the equivalent of today's corporate, like, bullshit that you always see in a film. Mm-hmm. But done from the 60s. We're like, yeah, Dean and Sammy could come too. Yeah. That's that's literally how it went. So, my, just, just I guess we'll go back around here. My dad's obsessed with the Rat Pack because he's old. So obviously that's like his one of those things. So I remember as a kid watching. Do you see the like the the Ray Liotta Rat Pack movie? 
No. It's 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 an HBO movie. It's pretty good, but Ray Liotta plays uh, Frank Sinatra. So I remember watching it as a kid, and, and there's a senior talks about Ocean's Love, and it's basically what it is. It's just they approached Sinatra and said, "Hey, here's a movie for you. You make a bunch of money, and whatever, because people just wanted to see celebrities. So '60s is like the rise of celebrityism. So Sinatra, you just want to see him on TV, and he'll do some singing. He'll just just drink himself into an early grave and then <laughs> say really sexist things and then yeah like, like you said Sammy could come along too we're gonna shoot the picture in vegas by day right? we're gonna play the sands at night we're gonna tear up the town and in our spare time we're gonna do our part for jack spare time what spare time i don't sleep good standing up frank <laughs> hey um i'm confused here frank you got a story here set in vegas about ocean starring a schlemiel who sings about garbage i'm ocean schmendrick i'm danny ocean schmendrick you bums are part of my old commando unit or XGIs who reunite to knock over some casinos. The, the, the plot's a gas or it's foolproof. I say screw the movie, let's just pull the job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I figure if power doesn't mean that you have the opportunity to work with the people that you love, then you haven't really got any. Beautiful, Beautiful Captain. Yeah. Um, Frank, is is there um, you know, something something in this for me? Yeah. Oh yeah, you're gonna play a singing garbage man, Sam. Now you're spoiling them. No, I'm but seriously, Frank, I mean it's you know apart from me sam sam it's a great part don't worry about it look at you worrying you're getting wrinkles you have got to play this part there is singing dancing a wonderful title song it's yours baby it's yours okay day after tomorrow gentlemen we'll be in las vegas happy new year market tail slate 42 take one and cut one more right away well what was wrong with that Nothing, Frank. I just want another for safety. Safety? What are we jumping out of an airplane? You said action. We did the scene. You said cut. That's it. It's over. Finita. Come on, boys. Let's take a steam. Oh, we're schmitzing. Take us down, Brady. Coming down. Watch it. Thanks, Luke. Relax, Miley. It's only a movie. Well, I guess that was a print. There's not much to talk about this movie because it's it's so boring. Yeah. And it is. They have no idea how to create character introduce characters they don't even know how to introduce the plan properly like he does a magic trick or something to be like oh look danny's a con man he can do magic well i thought he's a con man not a magician <laughs> like uh, jesus christ yeah like, it's it's hard because all we know about them backstory is they're ex-military and they're they're buddies uh-huh. and they i guess they this is 60 so this is po- this is pre-vietnam they mentioned World War Two, I think, like fighting Nazis or Germans. Yeah, so, they must have dodged out of Korea. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. Who May- gives a shit about Korea? It's, that's the problem. Is is one they talk so like mumbly and fast. This is like the sixties. Matt Packard's like, hey, hey, talking like them, you know, going back and forth. Yeah, like this and now, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, you gotta know. You have the obligatory uh, not Jewish boss. Who's like you're going to put me to early grave? Oh. So I was reading about him because I was like, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? And they they had to actually slow down his audio. It was even worse. Like like he was so like nonsensely mumbly. They That's why like, his voice seems so weird. Yeah, I was gonna say I wrote that down. Like all their voices it seemed off. It is. It's because they had to like slow it down because he was like, I'm the dog. I'm reading. Oh good, I'm yeah. going to have a heart attack, Danny. Yeah. Like yeah, the so, comedy back then was just atrocious. Yeah, so a constant like joke is Danny Ocean's just a dick, which they kind of play off into the the two thousand one 
Ocean's Eleven where they're just making fun of this. I think he's like a Russian Jew or something. I don't really know what his mm-hmm. ethnic background is, but he's just he, just label him ethnic because he's just everything kind of put under one. And he is giving me a hot attack, and it's like, oh, okay, but. And Danny's like, "This is Danny from the Beverly Hills Police Department. We need you to come identify a body." He goes, "Oh, Jesus!" Yeah, like it's so over the top. And I was like, "Humans are different than we were in the '60s. Like our viewpoints, what we find interesting and stuff." Mm-hmm. But I still think we have the same idea of comedic timing. What is truly funny? And I was like. No wonder why people just got drunk and beat their wives back then. <laughs> there was no, there was nothing funny, man. They'd just go, they'd watch this shitty movie with Frank, they'd get drunk, and they'd go home to punch. Like, <laughs> Which is a potential podcast in no way endorses uh, assault and battery. <laughs> I don't endorse it, I'm just saying it, ma- it makes sense now. It's just like, God, I have no outlet. <laughs> Even the strippers are wearing a ton of clothes. So I think the first uh, <laughs> 90 minutes of this movie are beyond boring. But once mm-hmm. it goes away from the Rat Pack, I actually kind of like the the aftermath. I actually like the last 30 minutes where it's the um, the, the, the five casino bosses because they get hit. And uh, they're like, well, we're going to hire this sketchy guy who I think is played by Cesar Romero, who's the, the original Joker in the original Batman-like series. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's him. And... Um, yeah, uh, Duke Duke Santos, and they they hire this greasy Santos guy to like um, use his underwear. <laughs> He's foreign. He's definitely greasy. <laughs> <laughs> but they basically kind of hire him to like use his underworld connections to figure out who robbed the casino, and he figures out in ten seconds, and he tries to 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 pull another uh. one on him. There's no like no tension really because the whole thing is played off as a, a joke and it's silly. And I actually like how it ends. It ends like nihilistically where they mm-hmm. were basically they Aww. watch their money literally burn which is kind of funny yep. because one of their friend dies one of their buddies in combat who they you know they're ride or die with he just dies and they don't give a flying fuck about him at all at one point it's dean martin has to say to the camera frank's not just not taking this very well but frank's doing fine frank's just drinking and being angry so they, they don't give a fuck. It's like, we all die. We're here to drink brandy and fuck. <laughs> they don't give a fuck about their friends. So it's kind of fun that, like, they put the money in his casket to, to smuggle it and it just burns and they all get nothing. So it's kind of a downer ending. So I kind of liked it. Well, be- and it's like, y- you didn't think about that? Like, I thought about that immediately. I was like, well, what if he's getting cremated? Well, like, that's kind of the whole thing is it almost seems like they luck into this plan and everything after that is a terrible decision. So it's kind of like these guys who I don't like are losing everything and worst at all and get nothing. Like it's kind of fun for me as the audience. Yeah. At least like they them. all burn figuratively. Yeah. Cause I don't even like any of these fuckers. I, I guess Sammy Davis jr. Isn't a bad, bad actor. He seems like he's just, you know, he's happy to be there, I guess. <laughs> Literally. He just kind of smiles in the background. Like, Hey everybody. <laughs> yeah well and he actually like has a job and he's actually like well like and it makes sense so you know what he does he's a garbage guy he's down his luck so they bring him in to be a driver and then it works but he, that's the only person who's a backstory of like anything i care about i guess it's all a state of mind whether or not you find that place that
move on? This movie sucks. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else to talk about. You're the one who picked this. Okay, just so you all know. I, I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know, Ronnie. <laughs> I just. I just picked it because it seemed fun, and I was like, everyone always goes, "Oh, the old times were better." I like the old movies. I got a little Seth MacFarlane in me, and then I watched it. And I wanted to burn Family Guy to the ground. We shouldn't worship these fucks. <laughs> so what a normal person probably would do in a podcast is watch the movie first and say, hey, let's wa- talk about a movie. Shane's like... That's not how this, this works. It's, apparently it's not how this works. What happens is Our Shane... head of social media interaction is a homeless person. <laughs> Basically, Shane just dictates, tells me what to do. He slaps me around, calls me a... Abroad, and then and I just follow suit because I like, you know, <laughs> I can't leave. Shut up. You're lucky to be with me. You see this, Tux? It's always undone. <laughs> <laughs> Between us watching, saying we're going to review movies that we haven't seen and then doing it and regretting it, and our head of social media actively harassing Garth Brooks, <laughs> <laughs> this this is just going deep into the ground. Yeah, I don't see any... There's, like, no cinematic value of Ocean's Eleven at all. No. Unless you really, really like old, old people being boring. And I like old, boring shit, but this is just, like, there's nothing really of any value here. So, I don't recommend watching Ocean's Eleven. At least the... I hate to say that a movie has no redeeming qualities. Because I love The Room. <laughs> but it this isn't funny. It's even for me. Like, they'll say, they said some jokes, and I literally almost spit my drink. I was so off-put. I was just like, what? Take a couple of hundred big ones and do something for world peace. Like buying out the Miss Universe contest. Get rid of all the parades and all that jazz. And just sit around and talk to the girls one by one. Find out how things are in Sweden. I don't like that goodwill approach. Use your loot right by turning money into power. I think I'll buy me some votes and go into politics. Hey, now that's a good idea, baby boy. <laughs> You'd make a good notary public. I'm the one that's going into politics. What's going to be your platform, Big Sam? Repeal the 14th and the 20th Amendment. Take the vote away from the women and make slaves out of them. Hey, now that's something that's real constructive. Yep. Hey, will it cost much? Oh, no, we'd have the price controls. No inflation on slaves. Vote for Sam Harmon. Help stamp out mental health. Mm. You got a better platform? Oh, sure. Pay off your own party. Settle for an appointment. Yeah, now that's real deep thinking. Gentlemen, I'd like for you to meet our latest senator. What a Mm. terrible thought. (laughs) You have any idea how much money a man could steal if he was something like Commissioner of Indian Affairs? That's what I'll be, Commissioner of Indian Affairs. And everyone's like, (laughs) and even Sammy's like, right, right, right? And you're like, oh my God. Yeah, Dean Martin. (laughs) Yeah. Your views on women's rights have, have aged really well. And like, and they all looked at Sammy like, "You're not, a, you're not a part of this joke, Sammy. Just stop." <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's so bad, and I will forever not want to hear how progressive Sinatra was because he let Sammy into the gang. Like, Sinatra, you're dead to me. <laughs> I could, you, you could even like go back to that and, and argue that it's maybe not progressive, more as. He knows how to cater to a different audience as well. So I, I don't know anything about Sinatra really, but I could, I could probably see he probably cared more about the the money he would be making by including Sammy as opposed to not. Yeah, and and like I just want to just if you have rose colored glasses of the '60s, um, 
go ahead and just watch this film. It'll punch him right off your face. <laughs> All right. Now let's have some fun. Okay. Okay, 2001, Ocean's Eleven. Yes! Uh, directed by Steven Soderbergh, written by people who I don't know, starring... Well, I guess I guess that is the theme of all these movies, right? It's just an excuse to get a bunch of beautiful people and the same movie. But Ocean's Eleven and Steven Soderbergh, I like early Soderbergh before the Soderbergh like uh, formula is totally transparent. This is early, so you're not introduced to the formula. It's like early Nolan. This is so not as this epic. Is not early Soderbergh, just so you know. Early for me, for you, yes. This is not early. <laughs> All right, but suck my balls. Um, oh, I'm uh, sorry, so... it's a film podcast, but yeah, no things about shut film. the fuck up, shut the fuck up. Tell us about Ocean's <laughs> Eleven, Shane, you Soderbergh expert. You're lucky I let you in on this, Sammy. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, no, um, he they take the idea of you bring a bunch of stars together, right? A bunch of people that everyone understands who they are. And it's the same heist. It's a lot more in-depth, um, a lot more fun because of how they all interact. This viewing, I remember the plan always making sense to me, and now I watched it, and I go, there's so many points where this plan frizzles out, or like you're like, oh, that's really counting on a lot of factors you can't control. Well, um, okay, but... but we- but we have, to, fun. we have to approach this like you approach time travel movies. Any heist movies are exactly the same. You have to just kind of just accept yeah. and to put that disbelief up there really big. Because like if you nitpick this, there's no fun in this movie, obviously. Yeah, yeah, like especially the technology bits. But um, <laughs> okay, since you mentioned it, really quickly, my my favorite part that laughed the loudest was when they slide that little like metal, like you know, Altoids box. To, to the guys, and the guys just pass out. I'm guessing it's like a high frequency that knocks them out, or is it gas? <laughs> I, I don't know. Why didn't they just have a gas canister they threw? I don't know. Cause or a gun. A moxide poisoning? I don't know. I just thought it was funny. I just like how they always, these movies go like, they're not going to use guns because we have to maintain their good guys. When in real life, they just blast those two guards and be done with it. Yeah, well, I guess... Murder versus armed robbery. I don't know, but also, like you said, it makes sure your characters are still likable. Oh yeah, be- which be- they do a good job at. Yeah, because they're, because, because they- they're all criminals, <laughs> right? And they also make the owner of the casino, Andy Garcia, such an evil prick mm-hmm. that the audience goes like, "Yeah, fuck that guy." But then I go like, "What's wrong with Tess?" Like, oh yeah, it, it, what, she's supposed to be this cool character, but like, why would she? be with him if he's such a cocksucker that's my biggest kind of complaint about this movie is tess danny and benedict but maybe we can circle back to that and kind of go top to bottom with this movie before we divulge into too much chaos the premise of oceans 11 is we have the opening intro scene of danny ocean is getting out of prison he went to prison for a heist that didn't go his way um and so he immediately therefore because it's all he knows plans another heist he i assume he was planning it while he was in prison um 
He goes all over the place, um, first getting Brad Pitt, who is teaching, <laughs> which is the best part of the whole film. Yeah, it's so good. Um, he's teaching B-list celebrities uh, poker. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> not doing a very good job, apparently. But uh, So Danny Ocean gets Brad Pitt. I don't remember Brad Pitt's name, so I, uh, I just always know him. Rusty. Um, he gets Rusty, and they uh, he lets him in on the plan. Obviously, Rusty thinks it can be done, and he's bored. That's kind of like the key component of all this is while a lot of these people are oh, – I, I like how they're not totally down on their luck. Mm-hmm. They're just bored. They're just a like, bunch of cr- uh, career criminals. That's simple yeah. as that. So it, there's no like Ocean's 8 does this, which is frustrating. And then uh, Ocean's 11 does this too, where it's like they're down on the luck or something. But this one's just like, nah, it's just what they do. <laughs> Let's call a spade a spade. Yeah. Like, so they assemble this team. Uh, it's obviously, it's like more of a montage kind of thing. But it's done really well. It's fun. It's quippy. And it's just short enough that you know who this character is and what they bring to the team. They're not some random Texan that just shows up on their doorstep and goes, Hey, I had a broken arm. Never mind, I don't. And you're like, who the fuck is this guy? Yes, <laughs> the, the the perfection is obviously just like giving us enough of just to like... Because none of these are indebtful characters. They're very mm-hmm. two-dimensional, but they're fun enough that it works. Kind of like in an action movie. Like I always think of like aliens where it's kind of like, you know, you know enough about the characters to to connect to who they are, what their job is, but it's not like yep. you said, it's it's not smaltzy where like everyone has this backstory that matters. It's just they're career criminals, they're fun and likable, they have good quippy banter, they don't all get along, but they all have this common goal. Yeah. Like when you have a cast this large, you have to treat it like a solar system where you have your center, which is Brad Pitt and George Clooney. They are, they are the center of this solar system, and Matt Dean, and everything else orbits around it. Some mm-hmm. are closer, some are further, and like obviously, Reuben is Pluto. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say it's the Mormon twins. Yeah, no, because they're they're really fun. Everyone remembers the that, Mormon twins. I would call them a comet. They show up, and you go, "Oh my god!" and then they're gone. Cute little shooting stars <laughs> that kind of go yeah. side by side. Yeah. They're so they're my favorite part though. Um <laughs> But so they do little introductions, they're perfect, little thirty to forty five seconds. Um, you understand who these characters are and what they do and bring to the team. Except the Mormon twins, they're kind of like a plug and play. Same with Matt Damon, but at least Matt Damon's a little more like Well, well Matt Damon's to- well, Matt Damon's specific thing is to steal the codes. He's a he's he's an excellent pit pocket. The Mormon twins are yep. are literally just, you know, to argue with each other, kind of like WD forty, like you know, like cure all kind of thing. Just like yeah, just put it on everything. Like the muscle kind of. They're just basically I, the, I, yeah. They're the distraction. They always distract people, and then and then Casey Affleck is a tech kind of guy. He uses like a little like R two D two robot. Yeah. Thing. I will say that they're probably the least developed, but they're covered up by the fact that they argue. Yeah, they're funny. Like 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 you they said, are funny. like you said, Ruben. Ruben's like the. He's the backer with the money. He has literally no purpose besides to give money and say, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you got to put me in an early grave. Um. 
yeah. But he's um, the obligatory Jewish Vegas guy. Yeah, but um, so what? What? So what? So what the uh, 2001 keeps is the heist kind of premise, but they they flesh out this like giving a character's you know recognizability, and then they do keep the the female in there. Mm-hmm. Tess. They, they keep so, Tess, but the thing is, even with the original one, they don't even go back to her. She's literally, no. she's literally just there to say, oh, Danny's not that bad. And then she hangs up the phone and then she's literally forgotten forever for the rest of the film. So Tess in the original is the only, I would say, mildly progressive character or like fitting, like a human being in the original. Because like she shows up and she's supposed to be like cool, calm and collected, right? She's the only woman that Danny Ocean cares about. Um, and Danny Ocean is playing this heist and is like, hey, toots, why don't we just go bang it out in Rio? And she's like, well, are we going to like be together? And he's like, fuck no. And she's like, well, you can fuck yourself. And you're like, oh, thank you. Someone is smart. Um, yeah, but it's, but it's also She's annoying. like intelligent, kind of. Well, She's intelligent, but you could tell that she's being written in the 60s and they're like, well, don't let her talk back too much there, Danny. <laughs> well, well, the only reason why she's there is, to, is literally there's a scene where a blonde chick that Frank Sinatra tries to hook up with, or he, it's not really clear if he's trying to hang out, hook up with her or just get her out of the way if she's going to, like, cause a problem. But then but then she calls Mrs. Ocean to kind of say, ah, oh, your husband, he's sleeping around. And she goes, well, you're the real tramp. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> your oh husband's cheating around on you, but you're just going to forgive him? It's so 60s. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's so fucking awful. But they keep Tess, and they replace her with Julia Roberts, and it's, I would say, two steps forward, one step back. Because, like, Tess is, like, a no-nonsense museum curator. Uh, it's obvious that she still has, deep, like, these deep feelings for Danny, but her guard is up against him because he's a thief and a liar. Um, and George Clooney's just so goddamn charming. You just can't help yourself. I always but, get the implication of, like, like, Tess wasn't really on the up-and-up because... Because obviously Benedict's like linked with the mob or at least some kind of little more mm-hmm. violent. He's dirty. Under, he's, he's dirty. Obviously Danny's dirty. So she's part of that world because, well, even worse, you go to Ocean's 12, she actually is involved in the heist. So mm-hmm. so I don't really think she's as, you know, squeaky clean. And this kind of goes into like why she's just kind of following whoever is the I most successful. I never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, well, because it's weird because it's because Julie Roberts is always just you know squeaky clean. She's always like the good girl. So I think yeah. the problem with this movie, which kind of goes to my problem, is the the stars are so big. They're mm-hmm. it, they don't really have characters. They're more kind of like they they're playing themselves, and 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 they kind of just play that in the film. You can look at that as a problem. Or as something that you enjoy. Because you, you see Ocean's Eleven to see these actors that have really good chemistry. Like, that is a definite plus. Is I feel like all these guys have great chemistry with each other. And it, it makes for a fun, witty, and quick movie. Like, it doesn't stop. It keeps the beat. And... Yeah, is it going to win an Oscar? No. But is it going to be something that you can revisit multiple times in your life? Absolutely. Yeah. Which is, it's nice. I think it's its 
I think that's its biggest support. Like, because I don't think it's a problem. I, I think the only reason why this movie works is the direction and the actors, because it's a it's a ridiculous premise, but it, it works because Clooney, Damon, Pitt, and and the rest of the cast are so likable, but they don't have mm-hmm. any characters, so they're just playing themselves. So that really just is just like, hey, do you want to watch these actors have a lot of fun together? And there's enough twists and turns to make it likable. But like, 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 can you imagine this movie with nobodies? Ocean's Eight. Okay. <laughs> okay. No. 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 I know. I that set you. I somebody. set you. I set you up for it. I. I know. I know. But I like. Okay. I will. Before I shit on it too much, I liked Sandy Bullock in Ocean's Eight. I like her a lot. I think she was a good. Let's just fucking call a spade a spade. Danny Ocean, like Debbie. It's who she played. <laughs> like. Like, f- let's fucking... Everyone else... I mean, Anne Hathaway's hot, but, like, it, everyone else was dog shit in that film, man. Like, Sandy Bullock really, like, put a good performance in it. Everyone else is just bollocks. I think I think for all of these movies, all the actors just play themselves, and that's it works for this film. This doesn't work in all films, but this film is just a fun little, like, sit back, Saturday... After, uh, evening or kind of just like a silly Sunday movie. Like, it's fine. My, my only point was just saying, now rewatching it, I think it only works because we know who they are, and this mm-hmm. would never work with just nobodies, but re- regardless, it's fun. Yeah, it if it works. was nobodies, they would have to be even more charismatic. You'd have to have characters. Yeah, which we don't need. But um, So yeah, they have the plan, and the plan is uh, the three casinos, just like the first one, um, they're going to do multiple casinos, but this time, instead of just like, yeah, the door's going to open and we'll bum rush it. It's like very elaborate. There's like the vault and all three, uh, the casinos are going to put all their money in that vault. Um, on fight night, they're going to do all these where charm and wit will not do. There is a tool somehow, a fancy stainless steel tool that mm-hmm. does it yes. very convenient. <laughs> all heist uh, movies all of these movies which you know there's so many like for example Rick and Morty nowadays like just like obliterates this and like has a, a fun episode <laughs> where it just makes fun of all these things but like you know it's full of cliches but whatever the the fact that just these things still happen to line up and then is ridiculous and if you spend any time in a Vegas casino there's no structure to drunk people that run around and scream and stuff so this this would no. fall apart immediately <laughs> yeah the one thing i will give oceans 11 is my wife and i watched it together this is a movie my wife even watched um and we played the drinking game you have to snack or you have to drink every time brad pitt is snacking so much snacking so much snacking and you have to drink every time they they mention a heist a uh, name without any context <laughs> or like a plan, so they'd be like, "Hey, we'll uh, we'll pull the Mississippi mudslide." That hasn't been done since '58. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll do a Tennessee two-step. That takes three people. Mm. Like, <laughs> but for for me, that works because I like that kind of stuff because I don't need to know what it is. But w- what it tells me about the characters is they've been doing this for so long, and they're so embedded into this underworld of just you know it silly establishes nonsense. competency without having to show competency. Yeah, so yeah. I I like it, and it's and I, I don't really care that too much about the because 
I know there's actual in the criminal underworld. These have real meaning, but I don't really need it because because I, I just know that Brad Pitt's cool yeah. and he snacks on ice cream and nachos, nachos. and he still looks beautiful. <laughs> so hot. That is the sexiest thing I have ever seen. Yeah, I mean, and it goes and it ends, and the well, bad guy who is Benedict, which is funny that the owner of the casino is the bad guy, yeah. not the band of criminals that robs him. Um, but, well, okay. Well, but, but once again, it works because they're all morally compromised. So it just, who's who's more of a dick? Well, it's obviously Andy Garcia because he's Andy Garcia because he's always a dick. Yeah. So uh, so what I like about the structure is that it's very well, the movie's perfectly written. It doesn't take too much time to do one thing. It keeps it moving so you don't get bored. So the first like 30 minutes is the setup, getting the characters. Like literally at the first act, they tell us the, the plot. The next the next part of the, the movie, the second act, is all setting it up. We're seeing the behind the scenes, the back and forth. They, they run into a lot of hiccups that are mm-hmm. e- e- easily solved, which is ridiculous. Yep. But once again, <laughs> this is something I like is the problem with Ocean's 8 is there's no conflict. This movie has tons of problems that they have to constantly just fix on the fly. God then, forbid women run into conflict in a movie. That might demonstrate that they're not perfect. So then the, the last act <laughs> is the actual heist, and that's the most fun. It's just it's just like you know them dealing with um, the heist itself, and then all these reveals. You don't need the reveals, but the reveals make it tons and tons of fun because throughout mm-hmm. the I've seen this movie so many times. I've seen this movie so many fucking times. My this was like a, um, a Hollywood video movie mm-hmm. when a DVD first came out, and then I remember buying this for my dad, and we'd watch it like all the time. So I've seen this movie so many times, and every time I watch it, there's more like a reveal of like, oh, okay, they were hinting at this all along, but yeah. then, but you know, but so so like it keeps it fresh. It's constantly kind of revealing it to the audience and to Benedict, what's going on. It's tons of fun. It's a very good movie, and there's like different categories of good movie. Like there's yeah. you know you're so but like guilty pleasures. Then there's like the movies that are just well made. They're obviously never gonna win an Oscar. But they're always going to just be remembered, and this is one of those. It's just he, the pacing is perfect. I, okay, I'm not going to say perfect, but it's very good. Uh, the characters, for how many they are, are, he does a good job at like you know each character. So when you see them on screen, you go, "I know what he's here for. I know what he does." Mm-hmm. Um, they do a little bit of a love triangle with Danny Ocean and Tess and Benedict. Um, they, and it's not even just like, that's okay. Like Brad Pitt tries to call off the whole thing, but then you find out that that was all part of the plan anyways. Like it was a double, double cross. But (laughs) why you asshole? Why would he do that? (laughs) I, I don't know. I don't see what that added to the plan at all, but like, whatever. So what's translated over is Danny Ocean's a dick because in the original one, Sinatra's mean to like the Russian Jew. And in this one, Brad Pitt and Clooney are constantly just messing with Matt Damon. Yeah, Matt Damon's the the bitch boy. Yeah, so so Matt Damon's the youngest one, and his dad's a famous criminal, and they know him from that. Bobby Caldwell. Yeah, so so, so they basically kind of just mess with him. They're basically hazing him, and I literally, for a precision heist, for a precise every move matters, why are you messing with, <laughs> with him? It doesn't make sense maybe to like just put all the pressure on him to let him know like you got this, you can handle it. 
I just think it's like you're putting a lot of risk on this very yeah, risky operation. It's very unprofessional, but I enjoy it. Like the scene where he's like, "Don't touch your tie. Look at me." Okay, I ask you a question. You have to think of the answer. Where do you look? No good. You look down, they know you're lying, and up, they know you don't know the truth. Don't use seven words when four will do. Don't shift your weight. Look always at your mark, but don't stare. Be specific, but not memorable. Be funny, but don't make him laugh. He's got to like you and then forget you the moment you've left his sight. And for God's sake, whatever you do, don't under any circumstance. Russ. Yeah. Can you take a look at this? Sure. <laughs> yeah. <it's>, <laughs> once again, <laughs> Matt Damon plays it so perfect as this Weasley little like uh huh uh. But mm-hmm. he's actually a professional. Like mm-hmm. he never messes up. Really. I mean, well, he does the one where he like goes into Caltech. Mm-hmm. Un- without being invited but yes that's because basically in the front of the van is wasted potential podcast going on. <laughs> the provo boys <laughs> <laughs> the provo boys review movies you're so stupid no you're stupid you fucking jackass <laughs> <laughs> jackass all right start Okay, go ahead. I got one. Are you gonna think of one? No, one? I've already thought of one. I'm not going to All think right, so of one. So you're thinking of one right now? No, I'm done thinking about it. I Fine. have it in my head. Are you a man? Yes, 19. Are you alive? Yes, 18. Evil can evil. Shit. I'm not touching you. Take your hand out like this. I'm, my hand's not in your, your hands. Right in front am I touching you? Am I touching your you? Hands right in front I'm not touching you. So I'm not. T- right I'm like not. This. I didn't touch you. You just touched me. No, I didn't. You just you made me, me touch you. Nothing. Don't, no, no. This is your side. This is your side. Don't touch. Get off. Get off. Sipper more drinking because they're Mormons. They don't drink. Um, yeah. But um, really quickly, that actually makes sense though because Linus makes a mistake. So I guess if I'm going to uh, apologize for the moving, Pitt and Clooney are, are putting pressure on Lance to see if he'll step up and actually not make a mistake because it does matter. Because at one point, uh, Linus tells him, I was following you. So, like, Linus is willing to, you know, no emotion, cut Danny out and be honest for the best of the team. So, I guess there actually is a point to this. They're testing Linus to see if he's willing to to, to do it all for for the money. So, yeah. But she is. So, all right. Moral of the story is it's uh... – it's a charming film. Very fun. The story about family and money. But um yeah, I guess before we go to Oceans Eight, have you ever seen Oceans twelve or thirteen? Yes. I really liked twelve. Um, because it kind of abandons the formula in a way. It just blow it he he takes the heist formula and just expands it out to basically its breaking point, like right up against where it's gonna burst. And it's fun. And then Ocean's 13 is just like, you want to make another Ocean's 11, but it's bigger? Well, like, well, it's literally the same story and it's fucking garbage. Well, well, Ocean's 12 is the same exact story, but except for the last act is like a farce where Julie Roberts playing herself and she has to come in. So basically, like, the A team is, is rested, but then the B team has to come in. But then the B team mm-hmm. was part of the C team because the C team said it was like a, a triple cross the entire time and they're playing the entire thing. It becomes an absolute convoluted mess. So 12 is only fun if you just want to see these characters being in the most ridiculous situations ever. Yes, yes. It makes no sense. And the Silver Fox or whatever the fuck his name oh, is. Oh, yeah, Vincent Cassell, who's like, uh, you know, he's all he's all French. and He's so French. So French. Um. And then 13 is like Al Pacino is just Andy Garcia 
and Andy Garcia is just Ruben, and then they do a big drill that drills underground. I never saw 13. I was going to watch it for this, but I was like, I've seen enough oceans. So it's outrageous, and it's one of those where you're like, I think we're spending more money to rob this casino than we could ever make robbing it. <laughs> but yeah, but the moral of the story is Ocean's Eleven, I think, is just in general a super likable film that anyone can watch but like you said it's not it's not high art but it's fun it's a fun movie it's just kind of like you know the qualifications of like yeah this is fun it's kind of it reminds me of like casino royale where it's like you don't have any interest in the world just this movie alone it's just fun it's like going to dave and busters is the food shit yes are the games overpriced not that fun yeah but you're still smiling you still have fun does it smell like piss and vomit and everything's sticky at the end. That is the sexiest thing I have ever seen. Now on to Ocean's 8. Speaking of sticky. Shall we ensure that I can never find gainful employment ever again now? Yeah, well, you're married already, so, you know, if she, if she hears this and still will talk to you, it's fine. Um, I'm, I didn't hate this movie, so do you want me to introduce it, or do you want to go on your tirade about why you hate women? <sighs> Okay, calm the fuck down. <laughs> I, I don't hate women. Damn it. Now, you made me even say that sentence. Yep, it's um, saying that's Dan. Um, I have a problem with this movie because I feel like it was a wasted movie. I I can respect where the movie's idea came from and the goal of this film. Can you? But the writers and the producers and the director should be quartered and shot okay um continue (laughs) i am not as i didn't hate oceans eight i think it's just it's the same exact movie with this a different cast i just think the only there's two problems i have with this is one it's the it's missing the direction sodenberg elevates it with his fun cuts and just transitions and makes it you know more exciting like that because it could be really boring like the original one and I think there's the problem with there's just no conflict at all. But Ocean's a um, also another problem is Debbie Ocean, Danny Ocean's sister that we'd never heard of before. But they said <sighs> she was involved somehow in one of the heists, of the other movies. I don't. They never really fully branched that out and talk about it. But she's exact. It's the only note I wrote down. I wrote down one note. It opens with the exact same thing as Ocean's Eleven, where Debbie's locked up and is going to parole. Except for they literally killed Danny Ocean off. <laughs> Every beat of this movie is Ocean's Eleven. Every scene. It's so frustrating. Um, yeah. Well, Even how they look. Well, it's 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 like it's it's borrowing the Ocean's Eleven formula. Borrowing. Which it's they painted the car different and said woman power. Yes, but it's called Oceans. It's it's. It's not like pretending to not be a knockoff. It, it, it's by the same exact name. They call her Debbie Ocean's the sister. It's literally a clone. Ugh. So it, like, it doesn't bother me as much because it's telling you this is just another offshoot for the sake of I'm telling you another story in this silly world that's ridiculous already. Continue. Okay. So so uh, like Shane said, you know, with less misogyny, it's exactly the same beat. <laughs> we just stopped saying that. <laughs> with Ocean's Eleven. Where the first part is we introduce to Debbie and then Kate Blanchett, who's Australian, whose real accent really throws me all the time. Her name is Lou. 
I thought they were lesbians, but whenever they say we were together, <laughs> I did too. but when it says we were together, it means they were on a job together, and not they were, you know, getting intimate. Which I was, I was not picking that up. Oh yeah. Well, I I, I got the vibes, and then at one point, uh, Sandy Bullock says when when we were on the on the outs, I was like, oh, when they weren't doing a job together. Got it. They got a case of the not gays, yeah. <laughs> but in the women form. Whatever. They they're so intimate. Um, well, I guess once again, they say in Ocean's Eleven very quickly about Tess. They talk about her very quickly in, in the, the first scene. He Danny says, and Rusty are not gay. Yeah, but the very first scene, uh, Danny Ocean says, I broke up with my wife at the time. So he's very upset about it. It's why he turned to crime, which is obviously bullshit. But, but, mm-hmm. but they tell us immediately they're not gay because Brad Pitt and George Clooney, so beautiful and just constantly looking at each other's eyes and I whispering. I wish they were gay. God, I oh. so much money for that movie. But, um... Basically, same movie. They uh, they have only eight because they couldn't get eleven women to work together, <laughs> and they decide to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so they decide to um, get these eight women, well, seven women together technically, and they all have um, kind of all have a role. It's a, it, it's enough where you know everyone's role, but there's a, there's a problem later. I'm gonna talk about it's really stupid, but they all are involved, and the whole thing is it's personal. Uh, Danny, sorry, Debbie, not Danny Ocean, uh, Danielle Ocean decided that um, she's mad Danielle at, Ocean. she's upset with um, her ex, so then she's going to, they're going to steal a crazy necklace from the Met Gala, which, man, puts a lot of crazy, like, things behind it, too, of getting into the Met Gala and stuff, but whatever, it's this world, and they do it to kind of get back at her ex who threw her in prison, so it's the same exact plot where it's it's nothing personal, but strictly personal. It's not really business. <laughs> oh my god! And then, um, which is stealing exactly from the whole reason that Danny Ocean planned his heist was to get back at Benedict instead of telling everybody else, but so that they can have Rusty go. We're out. Like, but they don't have that scene. But she just gets upset. It's one on one thing, and then, <sighs> and then, convoluted mess. The last hour is the heist, and then it. It kind of follows the structure of the original Oceans, where it's like, mm-hmm. set up the heist, then there's the aftermath. It's basically saying, how yeah. did they get away with this? So it, it, it does borrow from both films, of kind of going back to that original. So yeah, it's it's fine, and then there's no real twists. The only twist is Anne Hathaway figures out what's going on. And then they just let her in because she's bored, which kind of ties back to the Ocean's Eleven. Why are they doing this? Because they're bored. And then um, they screw over the guy because men are bad. <laughs> then James Corbin's in there for whatever fucking reason because oh my God. because Ricky Gervais is too mean-spirited. So they got James <laughs> Corbin instead to be British and say cutesy shit to people and talk down to them. And then that's it. There's no. That's my biggest issue. There's no conflict. The There's none. The um, it's, this is yeah. Keep going. In Ocean's Eleven, they have to constantly overcome. Albeit they fix the problem very easily <laughs> very in the original yeah. Ocean in the 2001 Ocean Eleven. There's a power problem. So then, um, so they buy a bomb or they steal a bomb. They basically steal an EMP because they say EMP without saying EMP. I don't know why they don't just say EMP, but I guess they're, ex- yeah. they're explaining it to people who don't know what it is. And then, which by the way, Don Cheadle. Who plays a British, a British um, like cat burglar or like you know yeah. safe cracker? Who also played Sammy Davis Jr. 
in the Rat Pack movie back in the 90s. So just yeah. there you go. But then, um, so basically, same problem is they they have these they don't have any issues. They just it goes perfectly. These women are a perfect well-oiled machine, and nothing, no problems ever happen to them. And even in the end, when they somehow get away with the Met Gala heist, there's no tension of they're gonna get caught. They literally no. say, "We've thought this through. We're good because we got this. No problem." While in the original Ocean's Eleven, uh, the the Chinese acrobat gets his arms stuck mm-hmm. in there. They didn't bring batteries. There's this tension there. Um, all the the things that we don't fully know for sure, like when when Saul has a heart attack, we think, "Oh, maybe that's part of it. Maybe it's not," because there's parts where Sal is like, you know, really nervous and sweating. So maybe it's part of the film. Maybe it's not part of the film. So there's tension, there's suspense, but in Ocean's Eight, yeah. there's none. These the women are perfect, and everything goes their way. Yeah, that, I mean, so I look at modern films that are a lot like Ocean's Eight, um, and I'm realizing now this writing problem in Hollywood has been around for a while now. And it's like the writers didn't see the fucking original movie. They, they did, but they didn't sit and think about it like a writer should when making a story. They just went, oh, everyone loves these actors because they're famous and they kick ass. And you're like, well, no. they, Like you said, there's conflict. There's a story. Like, it's like... No one wants to read The Hobbit and fucking Bilbo and gang literally just make their way all the way across. They bash everybody in front of them and they defeat the dragon without any hitch. Huzzah. Like, that's a boring story. But that's exactly what Ocean's 8 is. It's fucking boring. Like, the characters you roll your eyes at because it's just like... Number one, like, okay, some of them are taken kind of directly from oceans 11 they're just their own play on it which okay i'll allow if they're utilized and they're all plug and play like one what's her name fucking the the one that does the jewels oh mindy calling yeah but not even very well um i'm like what what are you here for why are you even on scene like the the tech hacker was never actually part of the heist like he didn't go to the casino floor the night of because he was actively doing things yeah so i guess that jumps into my biggest annoyance is why do they all have to walk into the met gala and walk out that is literally just just to get the cool shot of all eight women walking down in a gorgeous dress showing like how badass they are there's no reason for rihanna to be there there's no reason for the I guess the dress woman's there because she's part of it. Aquafina's obviously on the heist herself. Um, but yeah, like Rihanna. Why the hell did Rihanna walk into the the Met Gala just to walk out of it? Just because they wanted that cool shot. So like one, those things are kind of annoying, but that, that's a movie thing. And like there's something to say about the stereotype character. Like if you're the tech hacker – Right. Let's point to the Italian job with Seth Green. He's like mousy and nerdy and not very strong, but he his strength is his computers and technology of technology. And like in Ocean's Eleven, uh, he's you know he's weak, but like there's you can recognize that stereotype. Rihanna has like she could punch people and type on the computer. 
she's badass and from the streets and technologically sound. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, this is dumb. Like, none of these characters have any fucking issues. They have no weaknesses. None of them. So it's like, why do I care? This is like Captain Marvel. It's like, what the fuck is the point of this? You can just beat anything, so why are we here? This is like a Superman problem, where literally you have to, like, cut the character at the knees in order to give any sort of, like, friction. Well, let's not be hypocritical, because the exact same thing happens. My problem is Ocean's 8 doesn't even bother having conflict, Ocean's Eleven, they solve it literally in seconds. But oh, but it, yeah, add, but at least there's suspense. an attempt. It adds some suspense. Like, like in, in this movie, it's so perfectly executed. Like it's so convoluted. It's exactly the same amount of convolution as the other mm-hmm. one. But like everything is so perfectly kind of completed. There's never a tension. Like oh, this might go bad when they're just so confident, and there's and there's no like in between. Once again. I don't hate this movie. I think it's just that I think it's just kind of pointless, except for just to have a different little story. But I didn't hate it. Just it, it it just didn't really it wasn't really funny, and it just didn't really have a lot of things going on to be like oh ooh ah. It's more kind of like just cool. It, it's it's cool, but it's not really interesting. Yeah, this wasn't on the same level as like Ghostbusters, by any means. Like okay. it's a it's a much more competent an acted movie than that but it's in the same spirit (laughs) i think they i think they were smart enough to do only eight to actually because one everyone has enough to do in this thing but two it i don't know it would be way it would be it's all these characters it it gets it gets overwhelming to figure out like what the fuck do you do around here but yeah it's, it's especially when they can all do everything yeah like you you wouldn't expect Linus in Ocean's Eleven to be charming a woman and, like, charming somebody. You know what I mean? But all these characters can do that in this movie at any time at a drop of a hat. Yeah, like, it's the same thing, though, with Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt does everything. He somehow he is acting. And is established. Like, if Kate Blanchett's character, I don't bat an eye when she can charm and do this Mm -hmm. and do that and do that because she is established as that character rusty is established as the do-all thief when you introduce your stereotype person who fits into a team a certain way like the explosives guy or the computer guy or the con man you want them to be able to do that well and not much else well because that is their sector are you just saying specifically like Rihanna? Are you talking about like specifically Rihanna? She's herself? really bad in this film. Her character is terrible. And they even have like a little sister who's like, oh, I'm badass and I come from the streets and I pickpocket. And she's like, you little shit. <laughs> oh, like, oh my God. I guess, even if I saw a man in that role, I'd be like, Jesus fucking Christ. I guess that's the only hang up they have, right? Is the, the magnet. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I don't know. It doesn't bother me. It's just an- another thing in... The world. What's really weird is that they killed Danny Ocean. I don't know if that's like a a middle finger to the franchise or it's just kind of like a it's supposed to be endearing. I don't really know how to feel because the because the, in the beginning he's dead. Oh, you can't have a sequel now without killing the male character. That's that's 
that's Hollywood 101 now. You can't just have them not be there. You have to have them dead and gone so audiences mm-hmm. can't expect anything else. This is what you get mm-hmm. for the rest of your lives, you cock-sucking misogynist. I took it as the other way. I took it as this is their brother, so, so they're trying to create some false sense of emotional connection because in the very end, Sandra Bullock pours him a, a martini. I swear to God, I thought he was going to come around the corner and sit next to her and say, excellent job. But they didn't. They just say you would have been proud. So I think that, I thought that would have been more fun. Well, because like they bring back they bring back Ruben for no reason. They bring back um, <laughs> only one they could afford. They bring they, they bring back the uh, the acrobat too, the Chinese acrobat. Yeah, yeah. I was like, why would you bother just bringing back these two? Besides, they're probably affordable. They're the cheapest ones. Yeah, but I don't Matt know. Damon's like, I'm not putting my name on this. George well, Cooney's like you can't afford me. Mm-hmm. Well, like Brad Pitt was in like that latest Sandra Bullock movie, and then Sandra Bullock was in that latest Brad Pitt movie. So I figured they get Brad Pitt to just pop in to do like a, a quick little cameo thing. But once again, that would probably overshadow the movie. But I don't really know. I just think it's. Yeah. I th- I think it's just a bland retelling, and I've seen it already, and I liked it already. I saw Ocean's Eleven. I enjoyed it, but. If they want to do one with yeah. all female cast, that's fine. I didn't think anyone was beyond annoying. I just, I just like the look at Rihanna, so I just kind of don't listen to what she's saying because she's got mm. that fun like Barbados Jamaican accent, so it's hard to tell what she's saying anyways. So I just, yeah. I just like staring at her and her Rasta hair. That is the sexiest thing I have ever seen. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think Ocean's 8 was kind of before this like assault on audiences where it's like a movie is made so therefore dig your trenches for war like it i feel like it was the start of that but i don't think the studios went full like this is an active role against misogyny oh death to the pigs like you know this is where the movie studio is drawing up the controversy rather than controversy coming to the movie well, like, this I, is post Ghostbusters, man. So this was is, it really? Yeah, this is two years after. Oh, it. then never mind. That definitely happened. I just don't remember it. No, it's. I remember it not being as big of a deal, but I remember it also being. You know, it's a. Mach- it works in their favor. It's. We, we discussed this before in our James Bond thing. It's a double-edged sword that works in their favor. You release something like oh, it's okay right now, like the whole fucking black. Um, Little Mermaid. Oh God! They years ago when this was in production, they said this. The internet got mad. They released it and were just like, "It works to their favor." You can say, "Look at these few crazy voices. How dare you?" Same thing with when you recast and redo a, a gender or a race flip. People are gonna be upset, but that works in their favor of boosting up attention for it. Mm-hmm. So it works, whatever. I didn't see this in theaters because I was just like, oh, I don't care. Because I also didn't see Ocean's 13 because I just didn't care. I was like, okay, I've seen these movies. Yeah, fine. Yeah. I get the idea. So it's for me, it's not a gender thing. It's just like, I just don't care. I watched it to make you mad. And that's the only reason why I watched this movie was to force <laughs> you to be mad because you just hate vaginas for some reason. I just don't know what it is. <laughs> don't. I like female characters. I like Laura Croft. I like Princess Leia. Anne Hathaway is really annoying, but it's really perfect in this she's movie. She's so annoying. But she's but perfect because she, she's is... playing a vapid like celebrity. So it, it's kind of perfect. She's playing something no. that's within her, her Until wheelhouse. she doesn't need to be a vapid yes. celebrity. Like, yes. But, but 
Because because women can't make fun of women. They have to all get along. <laughs> I hope we evolve past this because one of the things about Ocean's Eleven is they can all make fun of each other. They're all they're like friends, but they're really not. You know what I mean? Like there's kind of this air that yeah, they might screw each other over at any moment. Like there's but there's a camaraderie and in Ocean's Eight it feels I I haven't seen many movies where they do that, and I think it's because maybe I just can't get it because I'm not a woman, so some of the jokes and stuff just don't <laughs> hit me. No, I'm like, like if a bunch of girls see a like a the Expendables, they're probably not like I'd say eighty percent are gonna be like, I don't get this is fucking dumb. You know what I mean? And I go, yeah, it's dumb, but it's awesome. But maybe it works the other way around, where like bunch of girls see this movie and they go, yeah, it's fucking awesome. It's dumb, but it was awesome. And I go, I, I don't get it. My wife fell asleep, so I don't know. <laughs> we were watching it. She's out of the gang. <laughs> I don't know. Um, that's the thing is, like, the, the pop culture things surrounding movies don't really interest me. I'm aware of them. I, I know that's more your realm where you kind of, like, that interests you, the, the behind the stuff like that. So, whatever to me. Um some some things are annoying. Aquafina in general is very in your face. I think she is funny, but for this one, she has nothing to really do besides she's she's, she's the Linus, but doesn't have really much more to do besides be you know goofy Aquafina does goofy things. Yeah, she's funny in like a sketch comedy show or something. Mm-hmm. Like as the as her character, she's just kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. Just like. If I, you know, I I have to qualify this with everything, but if I swapped her role into a man's film and had her act, or if I had a a male character act the same way she did, I'd be like, he's fucking annoying. Well, you know, like, like, it's just an annoying character. What's like the twins, the, uh, the Provo, like, uh, brothers, they're annoying, but, but that works because they're supposed to be annoying and that's literally their skill it's, is to annoy people. Yeah, it's people. literally part of the plan is they're so yeah. annoying you're distracted by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, I think it's fine. I, I'm never going to watch it again. I didn't hate it, though. So if you like yourself a heist movie, it's not really as – it's it's sleek and Riveting. it's smooth. But it's it's not as, like, exciting. But I think the problem is I've also seen Ocean's Eleven. So maybe if you've never seen it and you've only seen Ocean's Eight – Maybe you like it better, but it's just it's a it's basically a remake. So, yeah. And the highlight of it is um, Sandra Bullock and Kate Blanchett. They're they're good. Um, Sandy Bullock is a good. Yeah, she's good. She's a good team lead. She's capable. She is intelligent. Like it's, she's good. I like her. Well, and I think she's a, a perfect Danny Ocean clone. Where like mm-hmm. Sandra Bullock and George Clooney are so A-list and so kind of like they just do them. They're just playing themselves and it kind of works for both of them that way. Kind of like Kate Blanchett. She's just Kate Blanchett. Just like Brad Pitt is Brad Pitt. Just they're, they're so big. They don't really have characters because they don't need them. Um, yeah. The one scene I, I wondered, did you, did you throw up because you know, you, you hate females when, um, <laughs> when, <laughs> when oh, damn you. When Sandra Bullock says, yeah, what, do you have? Uh, "What about Ivy?" No, Ivy. still in jail. What Ruben? about him? Oh, he's a him. So? Don't want him. 
Wait, is it because it's a him? Because it's a him? No, he's not a him. I barely know the guy. What's wrong with a him? A him gets noticed, a her gets ignored, and for once we want to be ignored. I might have been out of vomit by the time I got to that scene. <laughs> Shane didn't even I watch just, the movie. He's, he's, I was already just like... Ugh. He hates women so much, he can't even look at them in a movie without, without throwing up. Do it. Just, <laughs> and I was like, when the whole twist was it was to get Claude, who was dating Anne Hathaway, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. It's the same thing as Ocean's Eleven. Calm down, you son of a bitch. Jesus fucking Christ. But that was man on man. <laughs> <laughs> Women like, can't be funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love Amy Schumer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So what's well, the moral of the story of this? Why the why the fuck did you make me watch this? Like, what's what's the moral of the story? This is all happened because I just wanted to watch Ocean's Eleven and talk positive about Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> then we both spiraled into fuck you. <laughs> like well, I went towards the '60s, so I said fuck you. Watch this misogynist, racist film. Apparently, and you said fuck you. Watch this mm-hmm. woke, modern, all women's take on Ocean's Eleven. It's not even like and, it's not even like woke. It no, is. I wouldn't call it like it's not. As far as, like, looking at some of the Marvel and Disney films that have been made, Ocean's Eleven is actually very, or Ocean's Eight is very tame Okay. in that sense. Let's talk about this bullshit. I have not seen a Marvel anything since Endgame. And then I watched Spider-Man because I like Spider-Man. And all these fucking men are so annoying. They're getting so mad about this woke Marvel shit. They have your dumb action, too. I do not get this. <laughs> they have literally... They have a little Groot shorts for babies, but no one's bitching about that. They're getting mad about like all this like progressivism. It's like, then don't fucking watch it. You have your dumb action guy um, centric no, white no people. No one is. You have it though. <laughs> you have this. It's so fucking annoying. Oh. I'm so tired of these Marvel annoying people who are like, oh, it's woke. I'm like, go watch Thor 3. It's full of tons of men being manly. Like if you do, if you don't like the little Muslim girl, you don't like the, the <laughs> She-Hulk, where she's literally a fucking She-Hulk attorney. And it's a joke. Then fucking shut up. Who gives a shit? It's comic books. Comic books are fucking stupid. We can agree there. It's so comic li- books are dumb. We should stop making comic book movies. I I have tons of comic books in my house, but they're silly. They're fucking silly. Get over yourselves, you fucking. And sell pieces of shit. Go jerk off to, to Black Widow and say this is a woman film because it's a woman about a woman and a woman. And, ugh, I'm tired of James all of this. Bond's not a woman. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> fucking bullshit. Shane, uh, if you if you had to, if you had to marry, fuck, kill these movies, what would you do? This is just gonna be misogynist. That's why I said it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I'm gonna marry Ocean's Eleven. I'm gonna fuck Ocean's Eight. <laughs> I'm going to kill Sinatra right into his fucking face. <laughs> I'm going to choke him and watch the life leave his eyes, you prick. <laughs> God. They're so racist and misogynist. <laughs> this is coming from me. I'm going, good God, man. Like, Jesus. We're still here. You follow us on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, <laughs> subscribe to our YouTube page. And keep listening in as we will... We will. We promise to constantly torture each other by picking terrible, somewhat likable, and also terrible movies for us to both watch and complain for the sake of complaining. Like we're Marvel fanboys. 
I have complied with your every request, because now I have one of my own. Run and hide, asshole. Run and hide. That is so obscene. Oh you can't. I can't believe you're doing this. Because I want my people to find you, and when they do, rest assured, we're not going to hand you over to the police. So my advice to you again is this. Run and hide. That is all that I ask. Congratulations, you're a dead man. The woke police are here. <laughs> what? No, 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 I, I love Sandy Bullock. <laughs> I've seen The Lost City 14 times, no. <laughs> that movie sucks. It stars a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Check, 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 check. Okay, cool. Recording, recording. I'm recording. Are you recording? I'm recording. I am. Boy, we watched one fun movie and two shitters. <laughs> I would say one fun movie, one fun movie, one bland movie, and one fucking boring racist movie. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to get so canceled. <laughs> like, There's just no way I make it through this without pissing everybody off. Movie's not even that bad. So let's begin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Welcome. I was gonna say, do you, do you want to talk about what our our approach is gonna be to this, or are you just gonna dive in without any <laughs> care to the wind here? Listen, listen, Ronnie. Here's the deal: we watch three movies, two suck and one is good. Not gonna tell you which though. <laughs> but we can tell everybody when else. We're done. We make women slaves. <laughs> what? Hey, don't worry about it, Sammy. <laughs> oh my God! I wrote that down somewhere. They said that in front of Sammy Davis Jr. Mm-hmm. They said that. That's not all they say to him. <laughs> the whole blackface. Hey, ending. Sammy, Sammy, stop it, stop it, guy. You're lucky to be in this pack. <laughs> the movie ends in blackface. <laughs> <laughs> Or it could be like, do, 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 do. Now listen here. Men are stupid, all right? You're <laughs> <laughs> doing your jinx. So, what Corbin? are we going to do? We're going to rob them <laughs> because men are dumb or skeezy. Skeevy or skeezy? Ich bin ein She does speak German. That makes sense if you saw Ocean's 8. Yeah. I know. They, they sure let us know that she was fluent in German. Good lord. Duh. Got the films in German. So before we start, just know that I got really, really, really high last night, and that's when I was gonna watch Ocean's Eight. Mm-hmm. But instead, I had to watch the remainder of the Brat, the Rat Pack. Oh, you watched Ocean's that? Eleven and Eight this morning. So maybe that <laughs> is why I'm in such a negative mood. So this is what I did. So I tried to watch Ocean's Eleven twice, fell asleep twice. I so then. 
Last night we came home from a party, so I we watched eight. She passed out. I had to finish eleven. Then I started the latest Ocean's Eleven last night. Finished it this morning. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about a movie with eight women and a couple there with some rats. <laughs> Hit it, Johnny. Oh, oh the um, they play Elvis's um, littlest conversation like fourteen times <laughs> in like the two thousand. Whenever I hear anything, Elvis. Hey, don't you talk shit on the only good part of this fucking podcast, <laughs> Elvis? Right. Yeah. Hatred of black people. Eh. No, no. <laughs> have, you, have you seen Elvis yet? No. You should watch it. You'll like it. Is it good? I don't give a fuck about Elvis, but the movie's pretty good. Neither do I. Well, I become the Elvis guy. I don't know. You're racist. <laughs> Was Elvis racist? No, he just took, you know, music from black people. Meh. You know, that's proud musical tradition. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just at the time period, um, black people were not marketable in the South. So <laughs> so they found a, a Southern boy who could who could move and sing. <laughs> Look at them hips move. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, see us. See us next time for. I don't know where this is gonna come in the scheme of things. Well, next time you hear us, it's gonna be October, so it's spooky season. All right. Oh, my wife's sneezing. A woman's ruining this podcast. How God dare you? Men are talking. Damn it. Once again. <laughs> I hope that picked up. That'd be perfect if it picked up. <laughs> Go make babies and dinner. <laughs> All right, I'm stopping. I'm done. <laughs>